0: to Accordion Brat. My name is Pete Contino. We're going to do this last episode, this little bonus track. I don't know why I wasn't going to put this up. Before, I just kind of jumped in the first episode on the horse height days and my father getting started in show business. This goes back to his childhood. Um, I was talking to a friend of the family today, and she mentioned, she listened to all the podcasts, and she said, uh, you know, he probably got those phobias from being at an early age, being famous and all the attention. And that made me, I said, well, I'm going to put this episode up because no, he talks about at an early age, a very early age, he was getting these anxieties and um, uh, you know, he he couldn't be alone even, even at a very young age where he would run out of the school and just have to be home. Just certain things. It's very interesting to me. And but yeah, so we're going to jump back and, and and do this episode. It starts from the very beginning. Also, you can hear him, you know, it's when I first bought him the tape recorder and had him talking to it. So his first line is, you know, I don't know where to start. So that's, <laughs> and then it just goes from there. So, and then this is back, back in Fresno, California. Where he was born and raised. He talks more about his family and growing up with cousins and his brothers and sister and everything. So, um, all right. I hope you enjoy this and, um, yeah, that's so it. Let's get right into it.
1: Start, I guess, just, uh, just let it flow, you know, think about uh, a life story thing. I think about, uh, I go back to my youth, St. Alphonsus, grammar school. I had this real, um, a strong dependency, you know, on my folks, and it's this, this strong closeness. Seems like, um, family would, uh, you know, I just follow my security that way, you know, t- for some reason. Um it would uh, bring out kind of like um, phobias uh, I couldn't do uh, I couldn't seem to uh, be anywhere you know alone without knowing where uh, my mother was my father was just know they were there or something and I So it seems like in my uh, early youth, I, I wanted desperately to, to do for them, you know. It's like uh, when my dad came home with an accordion when I was about seven years old. He was a natural musician. And... Uh, said, I want you to play this, you know, and I, I didn't want to
0: practice, I I mean, I
1: took it up, but I, I thought it was, uh, I, I, I think I was motivated mainly because I, I thought it'd make him happy, I didn't know what the accordion was all about, but I, I took from a guy named John Borrello, and, uh. I don't know, kinda of, my mother, you know, would always uh cover for me, She'd say that I practice when he came home from work and one day she finally got tired of it. So she said, No, he's not practicing, you know. I, well my dad said the heck with it, hell with it, let him he's the firstborn and maybe he'll uh end up being a butcher. But uh I found that uh Again, in my early youth, I always felt alone. I, I didn't feel much of a part of anything. You know, like very, very few friends. My only friends uh, seem to be uh, family. Cousins, yeah. So... But I I felt this uh, tremendous desire to want to uh, express myself, to have to express myself. And the only way, uh, so I couldn't do it too well, you know what I mean? So I would, uh, so I found myself attracted uh, to to the accordion. I, I took it out of the closet and I thought, well, this is one way I could talk. I could express myself. I had to uh, practically beg my dad to give me accordion lessons again. He said, no, you're gonna quit. And, uh, but I convinced him, okay, you know. I found that I I could could say things uh, through my, my music. I could feel things express things. I I convinced him to give me a to get me a new I didn't convince him, I said I need a new accordion and uh, he said uh, finally after thinking about it he says back then $500 was a lot for a new accordion. It's going to cost me $500, you know. How do I know you're not going to quit? No, I convinced him. Okay, he says, uh, I'll uh, I'll give you a new accordion if you'll learn 75 new songs. I don't know where he got that number. So I found myself practicing day and night, after school, before school, asking my accordion teacher, who by this time was a guy named uh, Jim uh, Big Leone, and uh, so I—I uh, I would tell him give me five, six songs a week. I Had to learn seventy-five songs. I wanted a new accordion. My mother, uh, you know, at one point says, "Jesus Christ, this is gonna—he's gonna get sick. Get him the goddamn accordion." Convinced my dad. So he ordered one from San Francisco. Big only was a typical accordion teacher. He didn't. He didn't teach you music. He. Uh, <clears throat> he just teaches songs. Didn't know. You know. You, you, you were speaking the language, but you didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just. My folks did note, though, that every time I tried to back somebody who was singing, um, that uh, I couldn't, you know, play any other key but the key that I, I would know uh, the song. And uh, they said, well, when we get the at my dad always thought I was the, the greatest, even in Fresno, no matter what. In Fresno the you know, great. he's the world's greatest accordionist. See, when I was 15, 16 years old. He's very, very proud. So we got to San Francisco, and, uh, you know, he wanted to know who's the professor. Who's the number one man in San Francisco? Well, everybody was in agreement that it was uh, Angelo Cagnazzo. Made an appointment, went to see him. I was all set, you know. So he said, let me hear you play. I played a song called "Repose Band. It was a march. He stopped me, and he says, that's the worst accordion playing I've ever heard. Well, my folks were in shock, especially my dad. But there was always a sense of humility, an innate humility that ran through our family. Like, why? Why, why would you say that? So uh, he having to ask you a question. He says, why is B-flat the first flat? And of course, I didn't know, and I didn't care to know, I guess. But to him, it signified that it represented my not knowing, um, you know, with at least the basics of theory and harmony. So uh, anyway, when he explained to me why it was the first flat... My dad says, "Okay, Mr. Canjasso, why don't you teach him?" He says, "Oh, uh, well, Mr. Cantino, you know I don't. I'm not looking for new students. I'm not looking to." Improve. He was very sincere, very sincere. He said, "I'll tell you, if I go to teach him and he doesn't have it, he says, I'll send him back to Fresno in the butcher shop." My dad says, "Okay, fine." Uh, he took me on and, and in no time at all, I guess, because of whatever talent and uh, receptivity. I became his number one pupil, number one. Although he never heard me play his song all the way through. He was, a, he was a fantastic teacher. He was a standard player, but a great, great teacher. And he taught me the fundamentals. Basic theory and harmony and I had ideas in my youth, I thought I always had this uh, this dream that I was gonna do something. I was gonna talk to my cousin Paul Priolo one time I said, By the time I'm seventeen, I'm gonna be famous. That really came to me out of inspiration. It just happened that in December but just before my eighteenth birthday is when I went on the Horace Ice Show. But all the way, uh, prior to that time in my youth, I was always uh, very uh, inhibited. Very much like a nerd. Had my fantasies about all the girls, but would, uh, would just freeze one that I thought was attractive with so much as say hello. So I buried myself in my music and my accordion. Tried to play it every school assembly until at one point, I guess I was so overbearing with this. A schoolmate by the name of George Atkins said, Cantino, we're tired of you and your accordion. Well, that cut kind of deep, but it's okay. Just found myself uh, in uh, all during that time with a strange type of phobias. Uh, I? Right. I couldn't seem to uh, be anywhere without knowing. I didn't know where my mom was, my dad was. I come home for, from lunch. And, uh, hey, mom, you're going to be home this afternoon? Uh, no, I might do some shopping. Hey, dad, uh, are you going to be at the uh, butcher shop this afternoon? Well, I'll be there for a while, but I'd make some deliveries. Go to the slaughterhouse. Well, they wouldn't be where I. It seemed like because they wouldn't be where I thought. I were, were like where they would, you know, in case I had to get a hold of them. Why I don't know. But if they couldn't be where I could get a hold of them, in case I needed that, needed them. Wow. A weird type of thing. That probably carried all the way into my married life. Maybe once in a while, even now, I guess. No, not really, but uh, it got pretty severe at times. Anyway, back to my youth. I, uh, if, I if, they, if they weren't going to be or I thought, if I knew where they would be, I could, in a matter of minutes, develop a physical temperature. Fever, 100, 101. You know, I, mean, I don't feel good. What's wrong? I don't know. I feel warm. Uh, can you take my temperature? Sure enough, I say, "Yeah." He, he has a fever, so she couldn't go shopping now, and I could not have to go to school. And I would be where I knew Mama would be, or Dad, or whatever. Tormented the shit out of me. Tormented me. It was couldn't go anywhere. Even I had to go play somewhere in the afternoon at some function, my Uncle Tony would have to take me here. Like some kind of a cripple that way. Maybe it caused me to uh, uh, expound more passion in my music because of this tremendous something. I don't know. I just bury myself. I just practice, play. I relate to everything. All during high school, I... There was one girl. Her name was Joyce Dosey. D-O-S-E. Isn't that wild? I uh, came this close to having sex with her. She, like, she did everything with and She's very pretty. She, She did everything to... Enticed me even to come over, go over to her house when her folks weren't there. But it frightened me. Wow, just it frightened me. Like, uh, I thought, you know, I was like, uh, hey, I not wanna. She looked beautiful. She took off all her clothes, laying on the couch. And I just stared at her and, I don't know, it's like I was committing a sin. I had this terrible Catholic thing. This terrible guilt thing with Catholicism, like Yeah, that must have been that must have been the reason. Like, you know, having sex with somebody before you're married is is a terrible mortal sin. That was it. It's like even when I was so I thought to get you know God to love me gotta make sure I make all the right moves brought up with this this thing about the Catholic church the church this what's what's a sin a mortal sin venial sin got so fucking confused so instead of having sex as a choice I masturbate was that a lesser sin? I guess so, I don't know. That's what I mean, that's part of my confusing with, confusion with Catholicism. Then the other date I had was a girl named Rita Hill asked me in my junior year to the junior-senior prom. Didn't feel any rejection there, so I only date I really had although I fantasized about every other beautiful girl in Fresno Fresno High a lot of pretty ones it seemed Like the idea of uh, loving caring for somebody and being cared for but didn't know how to put to do about it so anyway Rita Held yeah then the, the following year I asked Rita to the same junior senior prom nothing romantic but then maybe that's what made it okay because I wasn't attracted to her that way and I wouldn't be involved with this sin ah shit I don't know very confused in my youth you know this family thing and closeness and neurosis and I didn't know it, but Those words and stuff. It seemed like the accordion of music was the only way that I could really express myself without committing a sin. maybe I'd be an altar boy become a priest yeah you know had to be big in God's eyes so man back then you couldn't you know you couldn't uh, eat or drink after midnight you want to go to communion so I would I'd go maybe I'd you know sugar level problems I, who knew about that shit back then but I uh I'd go without eating after midnight or you know, fast. go to communion every morning. Look at Dickie here. huh oh, The Holy One. Pass out in church, I guess because of my sugar level. Makes you know I found myself uh, I'd pass out and I find myself sitting on the steps of the church outside with my family around me. Or, mother took me to a doctor. What's wrong with him? Well, he's too conscientious. He's too wrapped up in this. He's not eating. He's not doing it, you know. Make sure I go to communion every fucking morning. Well, he said, you gotta take him out. You should take him out of St. Alphonsus and uh, put him in a public school. He could still go to church, but he's got he's got to lessen this intensity, however he worded it. You know what I'm trying to say. It's okay. They, they, they decided they send me to Edison. Edison, uh, at that time, you know, they, I think uh, they started in the seventh grade. And the school was... Uh, integrated, believe it or not, back then. That, that, was, that was kind of a way of life. Some things were integrated, some things weren't. I don't know why I brought that up, except it seemed like a unique a thought popped into my head. That's why I got to know Halyard Patterson, who later I became befriended, and uh, we competed against each other on the Horace Heights Show. Everybody thought it would be between me and Halliard, which it was. I uh, went to Edison, got this one priest, Father Collins, pissed off because he thought I was going to be a priest. With my state of mind back then, I would really be fucked up. As far as you know, I don't know, Or or die away in some monastery somewhere. I I wouldn't, wouldn't have liked that, no. So I, uh, all right, that seemed to, I backed away from communion every morning, cause it, you know, most was the best thing. And, uh, didn't pass out, only went to church maybe on Sunday. Yeah, maybe. I did go to church on Sunday, because if you didn't, that was a mortal sin, too mortal fucking sin. And you die before you go to confession, you go to hell. What kind, you know, anyway. So I buried myself into the accordion, but the phobias lingered. Phobia, being alone, being without, where's mom, where's dad, where's, where the where, where are my brother and sister, where's my, my mother tried to send, my folks tried to send me to CYO, Camp Youth, up you know, Catholic Youth Opportunity, whatever, organization. And they, they had a thing at Bass Lake, you know, And I'm maybe you know it do him some good. Go with the rest of the boys. get youth camp. Man, the first day I, was, I guess I was I don't know who that was. But just in my youth, I got panicky. First night I was there, I got panicky. It's like this thing that hit me at Port Ord years later. Like I felt okay during the day, tried to socialize with all the boys there, you know. I said I got to go home. I've got to go home. My folks had to come and get Bass Lake back then. It was, you know, you just don't jump in a streamlined car and buzz up the Bass Lake. Even the telephones back then were the ones you had to crank. There's a guy named Johnny Versellini in Fresno, you know. Kind of grew up in the same side of town. James street, Oleander. I woke up, I said, John, you gotta, come with me. I gotta call my folks. What, what? Whatever, however he reacted, no, where, go where? You know, I was dragging the guy. Come on, you gotta go with me. I was panicky, I guess he knew it, came with me. Got to this phone down the road, down the road somewhere. Somehow managed to get through emergency thing, you know, my family, I talked to my family woke up nanny and grabbed my mom and dad you gotta come and get me what what's wrong you gotta come and get me please I'm begging crying I think well, they figured well we better go get him I just felt this terrible terrible thing of being alone they came to in the middle of the night the director was up by now the, the camp director oh, what's wrong I don't know Please take me home. Take me home. Phobia, man. You can't you can't explain this type of fear, this type of thing. Some people say, Oh, I know what you mean, I get lonely too. No, it's not that. Much more intense. So it was embarrassing, but so they wouldn't lose the money. They got my brother Vic to, uh, com- to uh, complete this thing, you know, uh, so for the rest of the week or the additional two weeks or whatever. I mean, everybody, you know, what's wrong with Dickie? What's wrong with him? What is he? What is he? A mama's boy? What is he? terrible panic of being alone. Well, kind of reliving it, you know, it's not comfortable. The people, I always have people around me. That would be the remedy. Anyway, they, my folks thought that uh, he sure has a lot of talent. Everybody thinks he's the greatest here in Fresno. Practiced, played every function I could. Ran for class president three times. <laughs> Finally, in the words of one of my classmates, "I'll oh, give him the God. Give him the thing. You know. He seems to want it badly. You know. Never really won overwhelmingly. Finally, won it. So shy, so much of a nerd that way." Even my in my acceptance speech, you know it seems like they, they were snickering anything I said. Not if I said it probably didn't make that much sense. Desperate to be something to be uh, accepted by other kids. Desperate. I tried to go out for um, football. Only because I, uh, in high school, thought if I maybe did something in sports, I could be accepted. I had a good arm, strong, we not to pull back, pull back, would be able to, he would pass. This c- coach, Toby Lawless, you know, remember the names. He thought I was quick but shit. You know, I'm I wasn't a football player by nature. Look my dad came to me one day he said, I don't want you to play put, football, you know? Why dad, you know the kids he says he gave me a like gave me a lot of philosophy in my in my youth. He says, because you might hurt your hands. Well I don't think I bought that but For years uh, after that, I, you know, I would, I would talk about like, yeah, I, I could have played football in high school, but my dad made me quit. That was bullshit. That was bullshit. I think I would have gotten hit one time in the fucking open field. I knew that I wasn't a contact sport like that wasn't for me. Practice, play the accordion. Functions here and there, whenever. Represent the school. Almost didn't graduate because I was I was going to flunk my chemistry class. My mother, uh, my mother came down with me, and uh, you know, talked to the chemistry teacher. Copped the plea, like sure, because it was right after lunch, you know. Sure, the reason he's flunk, he, he flunked it is because he's always representing your, this school at luncheons. And he's now, you know, come to class late. Well, that was, that worked, but it wasn't the truth. Who gave a shit about chemistry? I didn't care about it. It was a required thing, you know. So, but the teacher bought it. Okay, well, what do you think? Because she said, what's he going to do, not graduate with his classmates? So he bought it, gave me a D minus. I was the only guy really in school that graduation day couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. It meant nothing to me. It really didn't. It was a waste of time. For some reason, my favorite subject was English, though. It was English. I, I was innately attracted to that. It fascinated me, you know, to, to be able to to know that. I didn't care about historical things or Spanish or chemistry. My only claim to fame in junior high school was I always had a very quick mind. The teacher, Mr. Davidson, would call me up just to add up these numbers he put on the blackboard. How quickly I could add them up. That's something. Just reflexes. After reflexes, it didn't mean, you know. I didn't give a shit about that. I didn't seem to want to apply to anything in life. You know, a life that I would care about.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's going to do it. That's the, uh, yeah, high school. Never need Man, I don't miss those days at all. I did not like high school. I know I have friends that are like, oh, hi, that was, those are the best days. No, my best days were right after that when I went on the road, man. That's when that's when it was happening. So, OK, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much again for listening. Um, my friend told me to say, don't forget to subscribe. I know I hear that all the time. And he said, well, you know, you get blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you feel like it. You got <laughs> OK, that's it. See you next week. Bye.